0: to the very first episode of This Podcast is in Your Mind. My name is Sam, and I will be your host. And today, my first guest is my friend Jillian. Hi! And our first episode, we will be talking about Sailor Moon. And basically, this um, podcast is going to be about psychology, literature, and everything in between. So, Jillian, you're a little bit more versed on the Sailor Moon topic than I am. I've read few of the manga. I've watched a few of the anime episodes, but you are definitely more of a hardcore fan than I am. So,
1: uh, let's just talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like super into uh into Sailor Moon just uh I've been since I was like a kid because uh like the characters really resonated with me as like like a kid who who was like sort of socially awkward. Sailor Moon brought together these, like, socially awkward people.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I always liked Sailor Moon just because I thought it was aesthetically pleasing to me. Just the colors and the characters were just really pretty. (laughs) And the thought of magical girls I've always been into.
1: Yeah, I I really liked magical girls when I was younger. Um, But what really drew me into Sailor Moon specifically and not like other magical girl shows was... um, that, like, specifically uh, Sailor Mercury and her, like, the fact that she, she wasn't social and that, that wasn't an issue to resolve. You know, she, she just wasn't a social person. She didn't really like going out that much. Uh, She didn't like socializing with her peers in school and that, that wasn't like something that Sailor Moon had to fix.
0: It was just part of her character. Yeah,
1: it, it and that's, like, something that's really unique in kids' media, where it's, like, you know, a person is allowed to have these traits that aren't normal, or aren't normal for a fictional character who's supposed to be strong.
0: Well, especially since, like, this original Sailor Moon anime was created in the 90s.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, what was the manga written was the manga written in the 80s or nineties? no 1996 96
0: and then the anime followed shortly after it was mm-hmm. like 99 early 2000s which was also something because mental health wasn't mental health awareness was not i don't want to say well accepted but wasn't as popular as it is currently
1: but uh specifically in japan mental health awareness is uh is still something that they're working very hard on um it's very hard to be open about depression and suicidal thoughts. So in the '90s, like any anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, PTSD, that was all very frowned upon. Um, like it was seen as like a sign of weakness. Um, so the fact that Sailor Moon presented these characters as both strong and having these mental health issues, while not explicitly saying them. It. I think that that made it, like, a super important show, just bench-line. And that's why it resonated with so many people, because a lot of people saw themselves in at least one of the sailors.
0: Because, I mean, if if we do go through all the sailors, which, starting with Sailor Moon, like... It, it even relates back to um, kind of Shakespearean literature, where most of it was focused on, like, the seven deadly sins. So you could say Sailor Moon has, you know, Sloth, and you know, sailor uh Mercury I has like ang- like rage. No, I'm sure all of if we, we if we actually do look into a little bit deeper, all of the sailors do have one of the at least one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Which I find really interesting, which I I don't know if what what was the author of um
1: Sailor Moon? Nakoto Teikumi? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, I don't know if she purposely did it. I I doubt that. I doubt that. Because, um, if you look into any media, you could really find the seven deadly sins. Because usually a character is ascribed with one bad trait. Yeah. Um, that's just how you balance out a character. That you give them this, like... Like, um, in, in Greek mythology, a lot of the times it would be hubris. Um but like even in SpongeBob the seven <laughs> deadly sins there's like the whole theory around that yeah uh you could look into any media and pick out seven characters and call them the seven deadly, deadly sins, sins. Yeah. cuz i
0: know going back to the whole promoting mental health cuz each one of them do represent they all have a downfall to woman being very lazy and kind of a cry ba- cry uh, kind of a crybaby when it comes to her emotions sailor mars having being easily angered, um, you know, like you said, Sailor Mercury kind of having very introverted character.
1: She's also um, sort of coded to be autistic. Uh, Sailor Mercury is like she's uh, antisocial, um, very focused. On, she has like hyperfixations on certain topics. Um, she's good at what autistic people are stereotypically good with, uh, which is, like, sciences, technology, and she has a knack for chess. Um, She doesn't show much romantic interest, which is another, uh, like, sort of stereotypical trait. Um, And, like, she has that close friendship with Sailor Jupiter, who is, who, like, became, like, her favorite person. You know? Yeah,
0: it's all just very interesting with the Sailor Moon. (laughs) Um, The whole genre promoting mental health, which was something, like I said before, something kind of groundbreaking for the time it was made in.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But let's, I, you, me and you were talking before about PTSD, so I would like to go a little bit into that.
1: Yeah. um... I think that Chibiusa is the greatest uh example of PTSD because um when she goes back to the thirtieth century, um, seeing Crystal Tokyo, like she immediately panics. She just goes full, like like she can't do it anymore. She has to go see Sailor Pluto, who sort of became like not only her her friend but her therapist almost um and i think it was it was heavily implied that many characters get ptsd either during the show or um during another part like uh before the show or off screen um we well,
0: also said that uh, tuxedo mask only, also probably suffers from post-traumatic success, uh, stress disorder, but also suffers from amnesia. But that also has to do with the kind of seal that they put on the sailors and mm-hmm. such to protect their identities.
1: Um, the uh, what's interesting about tuxedo mask is that his uh, I believe that his his PTSD with cars is addressed in uh, the, at, at least in the anime, where you never see him in a car. He, the only times he's on the road is on on a bus. Mm-hmm. And they, they've made that very clear, like, he's been on a bus, but he hasn't been in a car. Um, so, he, he has these moments of panic and and uh in addition he's as soon as he finds out that Chibiusa is his daughter he becomes fiercely protective of her and i think that's that's sort of like an a, a leftover from not having parents and not having somebody who was fiercely protective of him so
0: he feels like he has to take on that role
1: yeah a lot of these sailors their parents are uh dead or um, something bad happened. They sort of suffer from the Disney Princess Syndrome. Um, you know, like Sailor Jupiter. Both of her parents died in a plane crash, um, and she's said in the, she's like said that like that's what makes her, makes her feel like she has to be someone she's not, because she's both the most masculine of the group and definitely the most feminine. Um, if you look at, like, her history and who she is, she's- she has so many- so many details about her that's just, like, her- she's outcast and also, like, dying to be loved. Well, I think- have you- have you watched Game of Thrones? Um, no, I haven't
0: well, I just when you were talking about her uh, I don't know if anyone who's listening who has watched Game of Thrones. I'm sure a lot of people have reminds me of a character Bran of Toth from Game of Thrones, who is like this very large woman, very tall and kind of seen as unfeminine, very more masculine, and she rejects all the stereotypes of women, but there is a yearning to be loved and accepted, which I I think she she starts to find that in another character, Jamie Lannister, but that just kind of rung, struck a chord with me, rung a bell. (laughs) But, because Sailor Jupiter is, you know, oh, she's very tall, you know, she doesn't fit the school uniform, and kind of ostracized for being that masculine, even though, like you said, she's also very feminine at the same
1: time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the show makes it clear that, like, that like these experiences of it, it, there's a lot of like of things that children would relate to bullying um being uncomfortable with the changes in your body with Sailor Jupiter she gets too tall and you know that that like that's a that's a stress on her um parents divorcing or dying like i believe Sailor Mercury's parents are divorced yeah, her, her. I believe her dad is an
0: artist and her mom, is. um her mom's not really spoken of. Sailor Mars, uh, her father's a politician. Her mom's dead or not around, and she lives with her grandfather, mm-hmm. which I'm sure. Some kids or a lot of kids have been impacted by that, where they live with a grandparent instead of a parent, or a grandparent kind of takes more of a guardian role than a parent does.
1: And uh, there's also the fact that. Uh... Like, um, specifically, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, well, oh my gosh, darn it. Um, well, you know I... what? let's just move on to the next topic that I want to talk about, which was just specifically Usagi- Sailor Moon herself. Okay. Um, I think that she, you know, like, on first glance, she just seems like a, like a ditzy, um, blonde, kind of,
0: doesn't know what she's doing.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you sort of, you sort of realize, like, that she's capable, but she never learns from what she does, which I think is an interesting psychological aspect because um throughout the anime uh she doesn't really become more mature to
0: be said. Like she she stays the same, like she doesn't learn from a lot of her lessons.
1: She's still clumsy, she's still jealous and a crybaby.
0: Yeah, she, she panics when in the face of danger but she, you know, at some point she does grow, and she puts others before her, but her emotions take over a lot. But cool. this is just Fresh Mine because I just reread the part in the manga where she's kind of realizing her identity as Princess Serenity and her past with uh, Tuxedo Mask or Prince Endemium. And she throws everything out the window to try to save Tuxedo Mask in the end but everything is basically emotions first when it comes to her.
1: I think that it's it's a very interesting way of portraying this character who is the fierce leader, you know, she especially like the the main
0: character, the hero mm-hmm. of the story is emotional and not quite all together.
1: Yeah. Um you know about the five man band trope, right? I believe so. So, uh for the people who don't, um five man bands are essentially, like, what teams are comprised of. So there's the leader, the lancer, who is, like, the one that wants to uh, take the leader's position. They're, they're like, the second in command, essentially. There's the heart, the big guy, and the smart guy. And, um, interestingly, Sailor Moon, she's the main character. She's not the leader, she's the heart. Um, Venus is the leader. Yeah. Um and i think that's like a really bold choice for what sailor moon was trying to do because um it again it comes back to this she's very much these issues that children face children are the main audience of the show and it's what children are going to be facing these like mental health issues that they're going to be facing they don't tackle these big things like a, a, like, uh, BPD or something, um, they tackle it in smaller ways, where, um, like, they'll, they'll show Sailor Moon dealing with, like, just not being able to get good grades, or-
0: Well, that, yeah, that's, like, a big one, especially where they introduce in the first episode, like, the first chapter of the manga, she's waking up late and start to I an mean, anime trope of running late, toast in mouth and everything. But she's clumsy, always getting yelled at her mom, bad grades, which is not very typical
1: leader, you know. It's also, like, something that I think at least could be partially ascribed to the fact that she is so immature. Like, her mental health, um, I believe that she's not, like, I don't think that she's coded with any mental health disorder. No. But um, she's definitely like not mature enough to be able to handle her emotions.
0: Well, and it's also has to do with all, all their ages. I mean, they're only in middle school, the characters, which makes sense. Yeah. Especially for the audience of, you know, around that age of, like, 9 to 14-year-olds who you know, are just starting to experience about growing up. And mm-hmm. Sailor Moon is a coming-of-age, kind of a coming-of-age age story in a magical girl superhero way but they you know have normal kid things to do like go to school and pass class but you also have to fight weird alien people who want to constantly take over earth Mm -hmm. and even though the school aspect isn't really focused on it's kind of a side trail but it it is things that uh, these characters struggle with and just being like you said before socially accepted. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think that luna and artemis are sort of stand-ins for like giving the audience solutions to their problems because um it always seems like the scenes where sailor moon is sleeping luna is sort of watching over her and being like being like it's good that you're taking a break
0: yeah like artemis and luna do play the parents of like role of supportive parents Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Sailor Moon
1: saga, and I think it's I think it's extremely interesting that Sailor Moon portrays these cats as the parents and not the adults. Yeah, because um, it it leads to kids not being alienated if they have bad parents. Yeah, I find it interesting that
0: not all the time, but some of the time, uh, uh, adults are kind of portrayed as evil people. Which almost all the, all the adults, all, all the villains in Sailor Moon are as, like, adults or, you know, young, like, not young adults, but, you know, in their 20s. -hmm. Now they're aliens, so there's not really a designated age, but, you know. They're presented to be. They're presented to be, or in kind of the first chapters of Sailor Moon with Queen Beryl and all that stuff, they're constantly taking over adult bodies and people who are in positions of power. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's trying to say, you know, kind of stick it to the man or just say say to kids that, you know, if you're in a bad situation with adults, that, you know, these cats are taking over that role and that not all parental figures are bad. Mm -hmm. So I just found that to be interesting just thinking about it with how in the first few chapters that most of the when the villains do take over a body, it is of an adult or someone who is in power. Which does make sense for a villain to kind of get as much influence as they can.
1: Um, specifically, the the uh, first, like, when Sailor Moon was first awakened, and her friend uh, whose mom owned the jewelry shop, like, that's almost startlingly real in yeah. the way that the mom was portrayed to be when she was taken over. Um, very cruel to a Very Very cruel, and also, like, during the day, she was very kind. It was only behind these closed doors. She wasn't outwardly evil. Like, Sailor Moon had to catch her in the act. Yeah. Um, which I think is, like... It's very... Real. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting,
0: because it's it's especially interesting because it's right off in the first chapter, right in the first mm-hmm. episode of Sailor Moon. Because, you know, obviously you have to introduce your hero in the beginning, that you're hit with something that's very real and could hit close to home with kids. But you're also showed with, like I said before, Luna and Artemis take on the role of adults and parental figures. And is that like a message to say to kids that, you know, even though your parents may not be completely supportive of you or may not be around, that there are people who can support you and you should take that help when you need.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sailor Pluto is like that... Um very much so she's like that where she takes on this role of being like the adult because um she's like ageless (laughs) but also portrayed to have like the mental stability of someone who's very wise and likely older um so pluto she sort of directs them helps them with with like their, their struggles, um, I think it's the arc of uh, Sailor Moon and um, Venus and Tuxedo Mask going to the uh, the 30th century um, Crystal Tokyo when Sailor Moon gets abducted and forced into this like situation where she was dressed in clothing that wasn't hers and it it all had these undertones of like of like this is not okay but also this is this is this can be applicable to people where it's sort of insinuating rape in the way that a uh, a child show can because um because you know she's Dressed by someone else, and
0: well, I, I think it could be just like you said, rape, but also just unhealthy relationships in general. Where there mm-hmm. are unhealthy relationships where the person is forced to be dressed by someone else, forced to act by someone else, you know, they're given a strict set of rules. Whether this isn't a relationship romantically, or you know, familial, or friendship wise, that there are relationships like this,
1: and it also shows that um, his motive exclusively is to control her and I think it's it's very interesting for the psychology of like kids that are watching Sailor Moon and maybe facing these issues and finally realizing oh this this isn't okay Okay. yeah
0: so just to wrap it up because we're almost hitting like the 25 minute mark And so this is just as a test episode to see if people would be interested in kind of topics that we would talk about. Um, Sailor Moon just deals with topics and issues that not a lot of kids' shows have the guts or balls to address in a way that it can, a way that's acceptable to sit down your kids in front of a TV and put on a show.
1: And let me just make it clear... Sometimes Sailor Moon is not appropriate. Can yeah. we talk about the starlights? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, they, they push, Sailor Moon pushes the boundaries in places that I have never seen a kid's show do before, but I think it pays off in the fact that kids are able to learn, to glean so much information from just the subtext. Yeah. Um, I remember in the Americanized version of the anime, they added, at the end, like a little Sailor Moon says lesson. Yeah. And that was totally unnecessary because there are lessons in the show that don't need to be explained to the kids.
0: Yeah, that, I always liked that at the end where they kind of do the recap of the episode and explain the episode to the kids because, you know, as almost matured minds as we are, we we understand the context of the entire show and what the show is trying to portray. But, you know, for a 12-year-old kid, they might not understand... You know, this is a metaphor for rape or, you know, this is not okay to do to other people. That Sailor Moon said lesson wraps up the show in a nice little bow. And it gives, you know, hope for kids. It helps them understand how to go through life. And I think Sailor Moon is just really special in its own little way.
1: And as my last final, um, last final, like, comment, comment, uh, when Chibiusa turns into Black Lady and kisses Tuxedo Mask, I was so uncomfortable, <laughs> and I'm I'm never gonna be over how uncomfortable that is. <laughs> so just like, you know, I'm praising Sailor Moon, but also a daughter kisses her father.
0: Yeah, some of the, some of the stuff that happens that show makes it a little bit uncomfortable, and so. Thank
1: the... you for listening. Thank I'm you. gonna go throw myself in a well. <laughs> With your little porcelain babies. <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much for listening to this first episode and kind of a tester episode. Uh, please let me know on my social media. You could contact me on Twitter at I love you. I'm scared. All lowercases, no spaces, and on my Instagram, Sam underscore W R T S. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast in your mind and happy, wonderful day.